Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Jake Sasseville Show. This season, we're back with all new shows. I turned 32 this year, and I wanted to explore relating and relationships for this first season back. Like many folks, by the time you get to your early 30s, you've had a lot of relationships, friendships, business partnerships. For me, many have ended, some have endured, some are still smoldering, others are rising from the ashes. Every guest this season, every show relates back to our relationships with each other and the things in our lives that matter most. My intention is that together we can reflect and grow. We changed it up. No more Skype interviews. Every show was in person in our studios in London and New York City. More intimate, more personal, funnier, edgier. Today on the program, well, folks, this is a big one. There's really not much to say. I, I can't really explain how excited I am that these two women, larger than life legends, made time to get together in New York City. The two of these people, they know each other, they've met, they've worked together, but they've never sat down for dinner or coffee. They've never had a conversation until now. About three months ago, I called Elaine Welteroth. She worked her way to the top and is one of the youngest if not the youngest, editor-in-chief in Condé Nast publication history. I am also entering into a new phase that is about as much about hustle as it is about flow. I think I have fought so hard and I have been a warrior princess like in a previous lifetime and I've taken that into this lifetime of mine and I think that I'm being called to now lay down my weapons and just say thank you. Born in 1986 in California, Elaine's mom is black and the breadwinner of the family, who also happens to be a gospel singer, and her dad, she says affectionately, is a white hippie musician. Now, my other guest sitting across from Elaine in 1986 was a trailblazing journalist, editor of Blackbeat magazine, and an island girl from the Spice Isle of Grenada. That one-time immigrant would become one of the most powerful women in entertainment, culture, and music. As publicist to Adele, Mariah, John Legend, Beyonce, and at the time of his death, Prince. I'm just really, really proud of you for a reason that you're probably not expecting. And it's that I feel that you have chosen your life. You've chosen happiness. We all have that choice and most people don't realize that and they fall into the trap of I have to do, 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 make, 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 and they are suffering. The fact that you're at the top of your game and you still find the time to have a life, to have a love life, to have a family life. I follow you and your fiance as closely as I follow you and your mother. It's not just a, a lesson for black women. It's a lesson for all people. You can't have it all without finding time for love. Yvette Noel Shore and Elaine Welteroth are the guests on this two-part edition of The Jake Sasseville Show. We pick up the conversation here just after Elaine and Yvette met. They were getting mic'd up and Yvette was just off the plane from Burundi, a country in East Africa where Beyonce's Be Good nonprofit foundation is empowering communities with her water and well initiative. No, but Elaine, I was telling you, like, just imagine being in East Africa where there's no bathrooms. Oh. And wanting to go to the bathroom. That's torture. It's torture. Mm. And, you know, you deal with it because you're like, this is one day out of my life. Mm hmm. It's every day for these folks. Mm -hmm. You were recently just there? Oh, I just got back. A few Saturday. days ago. Yeah. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. I, know, I couldn't believe it. I was like, is well, she really coming? Well, it's my second time. We went in April to figure out how we can help. 
and uh, we figured out how we can help and we went back in November and saw that we helped. Like 75% of the wells were done. Wow. There are people that never drank clean water before that's able to drink clean water now. Wow. And it means that if the life expectancy is 43, it means it could change overnight and you could be expected to live to be 70, 80. Wow. Because you don't have parasites growing in your belly because you drank mm. brown water. Like it's crazy. It means as a girl, you can go to school because before that, and there's no running water, you have to stay home because you have your period. Mm-hmm. You go, like everything else in life, you go to find out one thing and you know mm-hmm. there's no one, just one thing. It's so many other things. You know, we found out about there's a water problem, but with a water problem, there's a health problem, a sanitation problem, nutrition problem, an agenda problem because girls are the ones that's tasked with getting water and mm-hmm. the girls are, are raped on mm-hmm. their way to get the water. They're raped on their way to bring the water home. So there's a big, there's oh just gosh. all these problems come from not having accessible, clean, safe water. Mm-hmm. And in the, in a very short period of six months, we start seeing that there are these differences that's going to be made. It's interesting that the senior team is there and that you guys are overseeing, you guys are overseeing what's yeah. happening. Wow. Yeah. I mean, lots of credit to oh, yeah. SF because we, we, you know, you partner with good people who know what they're doing and know the back roads of all the countries and they're amazing. And all the credit, of course, to Beyonce because... You know, she's the one that said, I just found out about this place in East Africa that I've never heard of, and I'm going to dig wells. Okay, let's go dig wells. You know, but you have to get the right partners, and you you show up in this place, and like, I'm African. Oh, no, you're not, because you look really different. Mm. <laughs> uh, who are you? You know, mm. who is this stranger? Mm. You know, first of all, who is this woman with hair? Because mm. in a place like that, when you have no water, you see all the young girls have shaved heads. Oh, yeah. And you don't know who's the boy, who's the girl, if you base it on hair. Ugh. And uh, then you, you think about it, like, why don't they have, why, why is everybody, oh. they can't wash and it's it. because how are you going to wash your hair? Mm. You know, and then, you know, to prevent lice and all that stuff. So, mm. yeah. And then you go into the city, the big city, Bujumbura, where there's running water, there's a lake, there's a, and everybody's got hair. <laughs> And I notice it, just like a girl obsessed with hair. I know I noticed as like even before I thought about it in terms of there's hair, I thought there must be water here. Mm. You know? Cause then they can wash their hair. Mm. Yeah. Really interesting. I love that this is your heart right now. This oh is what's God. on your heart. Yeah. It is my purpose, not putting Grenada aside at all. Grenada will always be what I do, but I think that this little country that actually looks like Grenada in the heart of Africa is where I'm going to find the most. You can't mm. just go and build a well. They have to build a well. Mm. So the best photo from this part of the trip was showing up at a well site and seeing nothing but Burundian. Mm. Mm. Burundian men who had nothing before. They're building their wells. They can fix it. They can clean it. It's their well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amazing. We take so much for granted here. Mm. I'm so honored to have both of you. I am so I'm, honored I'm, to be here. It's a little here. surreal. Do you remember that story the first time that you guys met? No. <laughs> Do you want no. to tell it? She wouldn't remember. What I remember is... is uh, with Elaine? This beautiful young woman. Mm. And I remember being really obsessed with her and not knowing where she was um, between Ebony and Teen Vogue. Mm-hmm. Like I, and then recognizing her name and saying, oh my God. That's her. Uh, she was doing uh, beauty mm-hmm. uh, and 
started kind of seeing her name through all the beauty people, like, you know, Sir John and all these folks. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little obsessed with her. <laughs> I'm a little obsessed with her. So there, there's so much about, it's so weird for me to, to tell you all these things because I, I say it to your Instagram. Like I, I literally say uh, there are two women on Instagram that they are, like my best friend in my head. And it's <laughs> Elaine. Yeah. And it is um, Bosoma San John. Who, oh, yeah. You know, bad, badass yeah. bows. They, these are the women that I, I think of. First of all, they, I'm older than both of them. And I, so I see them as, oh, my God, uh, when I leave the world, I'm leaving the world in really good hands. Because there's, the mm. next generation of women are so together. I mean, badass pose is really mm-hmm. a badass. Mm-hmm. Elaine doesn't call herself badass Elaine, but she really should. Um, <laughs> she's going to start after today. She's got the best hair taking the, the notes, honey. That's right. That's right. And the best hair in the world and yeah. the best heart and the yes. best white boots ever. Yeah, <laughs> ever. But I just, I just, I'm so, I'm just really, really proud of you for a reason that you're probably not expecting. And Ooh. it's that I feel that you have chosen your life you you've chosen happiness mm-hmm. and uh, we all have that choice and most people uh don't realize that and they fall into the trap of i have to do 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 make 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 and they are suffering mm-hmm. you know they're doing really poorly in their in their personal life but it's all good mm-hmm. for the world to see in mm-hmm. a different way and i i I, mm-hmm. I just think that the fact that you're at the top of your game mm-hmm. And you still find the time to have a life, to have a love life, to have a family life. I follow you and your fiance as closely as I follow you and your mother. Um, and I just I just feel it's so I just think it's it's not just a, a lesson for black women. It's a lesson for all people to teach people that. You can't have it all without finding time for love. Mm. You absolutely cannot. Mm. And if you do, great for you, but mm. I don't want to be anywhere near you mm. if you don't choose love. Mm. And you do. And that's one of the reasons I admire you. Going from a place of hustle, which is, I think, what is ingrained in us as a generation. you got to hustle for what you want. This is why it was so beautiful what you just said. To a place of surrender. I turn my life over to the care of God as I understand God. Yeah. And, and I have admired you for that too. And I think it's really powerful to be so successful in your 20s and now 30s. 30 right now, right? Because you're one year, you know, 85, 86. 86. She can be my child. Can you believe 86? She can be my child. I could have given birth to Elaine. <laughs> you wanted to give Listen birth to me. Yes, go ahead. Let's get serious. Go ahead. I could have given birth to Elaine. Here's okay. why. Okay. I'm black. Yeah. Okay. My husband's white. Hey, David Sure. I'm just my saying. My mom is black. My dad is white. I'm just saying. Elaine yeah. could have been our child. <laughs> Listen, I'll adopt her. Right yeah. now. That's my mom. I'll take it. It's so interesting. How to is this hear... resonating with you? We kind of got on the Elaine train it's, for well, a second. No, it's so interesting to hear someone else reflect back to you what they're receiving. In, mm. Inadvertently, it's not like I, you know, um, yeah, I haven't like branded myself this way. Mm-hmm. But for you to mm. receive that is like, wow, God's using me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, mm. and you talk about hustle and this generation of hustlers and girl bosses. And it's so interesting because I feel like in my, I am also 
entering into a new phase that is about as much about hustle as it is about flow. Mm-hmm. And in order oh, to preach, this is everything right now. But really, it's like I think I have fought so hard, and I have been a warrior princess, like mm. in a previous lifetime, and I've taken mm-hmm. that into this this lifetime of mine. And I think that I'm being called to now lay down my weapons and just say, thank you. Wow. Yeah. And just say, thank you. And like the love that she's talking about, I think has ushered in inadvertently by me laying my guards down, laying my weapons down to allow the love to rush in has allowed me to flourish in worldly ways that I thought couldn't be accomplished with this particular love. Do you know what I mean? And I'll go into that because, and you know, because of the conversation and where we were at when we met you, but Mm. like, I do think that the age of Instagram makes people think about their life decisions in terms of how it will look before how it will feel. Mm. And I, you know, before even having like a profile where people were paying attention or cared, I also felt very much like success looks like this and Therefore, partnership has to be an accessory to, to the success. Mm. So I wanted to be a power couple. I wanted to be a part of a power couple. And I constantly made these trade-offs mm. to be a part of what I thought a successful relationship and a successful life looked like with a partner. And Oh, you're going there. Yeah. and it I was, wasn't sure if you were okay going there because yeah, that's what we talked there. about at dinner. Uh, is that what we, yeah, you have to remind me. But I remember feeling ultimately bankrupt emotionally. And it wasn't until I allowed, so Jonathan, who's my fiance right now, and who's my fiance, who she's talking about in the love department. Um, so Listen, in the fantasy world, he's my fiance in the love oh department too. Okay. Jonathan is all our fiance. Okay? Oh my God. He's so so His head's going to explode when he hears this. But the reality is, Jonathan, I give Jonathan a really hard time. Oh, we know. A really hard run from his We money. had a whole council at the table. We were having we didn't know if it was going to last. Yo, the team was fighting for Jonathan, and thank God for team was, Jonathan keeping, yeah. keeping the sto- you know, stoking the flame. Because long story short, I won't tell the whole love story, but he, like, we all come with baggage, right? And I moved 3,000 miles away from home to be successful by any means necessary. Mm. And, to, and to kind of shed the skin from my home of, you know, Failure to launch failures, some failures, you know, and not that I don't come from an amazing family and it's not like I grew up dirt poor or anything like, you know, but there were things about the family structure that I grew up in that I didn't want to translate into my life. And so I was like, I was dating this 50 year old man. I was dating a Harvard Business School guy. Then I was dating this like 50 year old man, wonderful man when I was 25, wonderful man. But but I think that the security that he represented had a lot and some level had a lot to do with my my safety in that. This is what it was. Yeah. And then here comes Jonathan. Yes. After that. And so my family, my dad is a white hippie guitar playing (laughs) guy who never made it as a musician and is a recovering alcoholic, you know, for years, you know, and, and my mom is a gospel singer, but she's the, you know, also the breadwinner. And I'm like the last thing I would ever date. Yes. Is a struggling musician. Yes. Like my brother's a punk rocker trying to make it happen, working odd jobs. And like, listen, live your best life. 
I'm moving to New York and I'm creating my own best life and it's not going to look like this. Okay, okay. Right? So I'm, have, I'm dating these other men that look nothing like my dad or my family. And then Jonathan comes along, who I've known since I was since 12. childhood, yeah. Wow. And, but we never dated or anything. And he was always the guy in church that I was like, that's the guy you marry. Like, he's going to be, he was going to be a scientist. He was like, I remember he went to Stanford and studied, uh, he was getting a PhD in immunology and he was studying the cures for cancer with like rats and some, and I'm like, I just live for a nerdy dude. Yes. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. I live for it. Like, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. secure the coins. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You know, this is like cute. All right. And then I could be the creative yeah. and I could be whimsical with my yeah. life or whatever. And so then, so Jonathan land, he, he, he like, you know, lands in my New York life right when I'm coming out of the breakup and um, we instantly connect. And it's just like, it was just like, yes. And wow. so we end up dating. And then right when I get comfortable, like right at like the seven month, eight month mark. And what happens? This fool. Yes. Leaves his job. At, J-O-B. At, at in a, technology. Uh, and like, decides, this is not what I signed up for. And guess what he to says to me? To be a musician. Guess what he says to me? I want to be, yeah, I want to be a musician. He like literally, I, I always tell him, you, you were like Clark Kent. You showed up in the suit. And tie, and I was like, yes! And then you got me, I'm your dad! I'm your boo, I'm your dad. And I was like, no! I'm your dad. And it was sort of like this reckoning, like, am I going to choose to deal with a broke? Like, I'm going to deal with, I call him a broke, not him, he's not. No, no, but at the time. A poor man, I'm going to deal with a poor man. Am I, is this going to be my life? Like, am I going to do this? Oh my gosh. And as much as I consider myself a faith full person, a spirit led person, somebody who is not at all caught up in the, this world and like not superficial. And, and I, I follow my heart and I'm about good people. And yeah. if any of my friends decided to, to quit it all and to do something super random, them. I would let them, I would freaking give just, them my bed to sleep in. And that's the best part of it though. Thank talking goodness. about it. Yes. Cause I was yeah. like, I am a good yeah. person and I'm not a superficial person, but there is something about this this is really bringing up a lot of fear for me. And I want nothing to do with this lifestyle that he's choosing. And I just want him to just be this other person that I met. And, and we had a lot of reckoning to do, reconciling to do in order to get to where we are now, where I am like, my promotion, my success would not have happened if I didn't crack open my heart and accept mm. him for who he is mm. and allow him in to help me get everything that we have. It is ours. Like, as I have achieved in my career, I am so clear Mm. that it is not for me. It is because of and for us both. And like, I like that the change, the three, the like 180 that has happened in my heart is honestly, I think the reason why I've attracted good things to me Mm. in my career. And so like, it's honestly been the best lesson learned for me. It's like, accept a higher calling, like accept a higher calling, even though, even if it seems like it's not going to work out, even if it seems like the shady path, it's like, like, trust God, he's going to do it better than you could yourself. Mm. And I've tried so many times to plug and play a different type of guy that was my cookie cutter. It doesn't work. And I got blocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got blocked in other areas of my life. Yeah. And this has been like watershed after watershed after watershed. He's a good man. He's the best man. He's, he's my best friend. Mm. Yeah. The thing that I wanted to ask you at the table that it now seems like you stepped into, we had a very special dinner, as you can I see. It was that. a very dear and it was, it was a beautiful time, is can you accept, 
because you were all these projections. I remember you. I mean, since you're talking about, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. All these projections of I want him. I want him to be this and that and this and that. And all I wanted to say to you is, can you accept that the security that you're seeking outwardly is inside? But I couldn't say that to you, Elaine, at the time. I couldn't say it because I wasn't ready. You weren't ready, and that's okay. And there's no judgment on that. But I was hoping after we left there and. I was praying because there's two beautiful people. I had just met a beautiful person and Jonathan I had known for a few months. And I was hoping that, gosh, because the real work of life is to recognize that what it is we're seeking is actually inside the whole time. That's the gem. And I think so many girls need to know that. Like, mm. I think there's an unconditioning we need girls to do. Bro- girls mm-hmm. and boys. Girls and boys. But mm. in particularly in this generation of like girl bosses, yeah. what we're not talking about is that counter narrative, which means you are going to be maybe the breadwinner. Yeah. Are you ready for that? Right. Can you accept that? This is my story too. Is it? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, sure. I know we didn't come here to talk about love story. Ah, here we are. The, I whole, need first, the whole season this season is on relationship. This love story is unbelievable. I said at my birthday dinner the other night at my house that I have become the girl I wanted to be. Like, Ooh. I'm the girl in all the books that I try to fantasize about, and I became that. I, I met David at, you know, I was 17, and he was 24, and uh, we've been together for a lifetime. David Shore and I are now, as of yesterday, I'm 56, and he's 62. Really? We were 17 and 24. Mm. That's a lifetime. Mm. A lifetime includes three children and mm. now a grandchild. We are a UN family. We are black. We are white. We are Japanese. We are all kinds of things in this family. But I was a girl that knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a journalist. Mm. I was going to be between Barbara Walters and Oprah Winfrey. I was going to be all of that. And then I met a guy that was a punk rocker musician, Mm. you know, in the East Village. And I was like, oh, that's going to go away soon. He's yeah. going to meet me. I'll He's going to realize, I'm a Caribbean girl. You better get a job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that didn't really quite happen. Did, and, weren't you back um, in Grenada for your grandmother's funeral? I was back. I went home. Uh, my grandmother, I just had a feeling that my grandmother was not doing well. And when I got home, she had about two days to live. And uh, I just jumped into action. I was like uh, 20 years old. Jumped into action, got everything prepared for the family to come, and uh, the phone rang. And it was David, my boyfriend, because what I didn't tell you is that I met David on a Wednesday, and our date was on a Friday, and I was moved in by Sunday. No. I was moved in. Nice Catholic girl. Nice Catholic girl. And I was completely moved in, went home to take a shower, and I had no clothes in the house. My mother said, you've been stealing your own stuff for two days now. I said, ooh, okay. Everything was gone. But the phone rang and I answered and I thought maybe it was a relative that wouldn't be able to make it to the funeral. It was my husband. And he basically said, you should marry me when you get back. And I said, yes, but when I get back, your ass better be on your knees Damn. asking me. <laughs> yes. You know? And, uh, Wait, how long had you been dating at this point? I met him at 17 and I was now 20. I thought she was going to say Wednesday. No. Yeah, now, now I was 20 and uh, we got married when I was 21. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, good guy, amazing guy from day one. But I think uh, when our son was three, I just said, mm. oh, my God. And I never really talk about this. I talk about it with my friends, you know, and, but I don't really talk about this part of our lives at all. Um, but as I get older, I realize 
it's such an important part of our lives because it really cemented who we were as individuals and what we became as a couple. We had a relationship before all of this that was great, but we had a greater relationship after we discovered who we were as individuals. We were two little kids playing house Mm -hmm. and then we became grownups that needed to get it together. But I, I did something that in hindsight, I think maybe needed to be done. I walked away. I walked away. I did a very grown up thing at a very young age. I said, David, what you really want to do is explore being a musician. That's what you really want to do. How dare I step in and make you a husband and a father and all this responsibility that you're not ready for? I'm going to walk away and you're going to figure it out. And then he said, you're not going to leave me. I said, watch my ass go out the door. (laughs) What do you mean I'm not going to leave? And then this Caribbean pride took over and I was like, I'm out. You know, and I think. You uh, did leave. I did leave. And you had a three-year-old at that point? Uh, Yes, Michael was. So you left after Michael was born? Yeah, I left after Michael was born. I'm learning new things today. Yeah. Wow. I left begged my mom to come live with me because obviously I, I still needed to work. At the time, I think I was at Blackbeat Magazine. I was the editor of Blackbeat Magazine. And I was running the, the magazine and I had this child in school and I, I just said, Mommy, you have to help. And uh, Mommy came. She was already sort of retired and um, she came and helped me and I continued my life and never said anything evil about David, just was hopelessly still in love with him. And then, I don't know, it was Michael's birthday and I was at work and the phone rang and I knew it was him and I said, hi. He said, hi. And he said, meet me at Macy's. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Now you have to understand that Macy's is where I would always hide. Like when I had some money, I'd be like, I'm going to Macy's. Mm -hmm. So he knew that I was like one of my favorite places in Herald Square. And he said, let's meet the Macy's. And we went to the cafe and then we just It's as if nothing had happened. We just sat there and talked and talked and talked. And then I said, you know, let's be grown. Let's find someone to counsel us. Let's sit down and have counseling and just figure out what went wrong and how we're going to get it back together. And then we were down at City Hall renewing, getting another uh, marriage license and getting it all together. And then the girls came. Hmm. The girls were a part of our new wedding. Like the girls, mm. Mika and Milan were like non-existence, you know, mm. and then they came and our lives really were like, oh my God. But I think what truly, truly happened is that we just became individuals. We were oh, that's good. sort of trying to be in this relationship immaturely. And I think once I grew up and he grew up, we were able to come together because nothing really could pull us apart. We were, we were, we were really glue. We were really glue and glue and nothing could really pull us apart but ourselves. Mm -hmm. Nothing like, because we had outside forces calling us all kinds of names. Black men hated me walking down the street with this white punk rock boy. Mm. Uh, I got called lots and lots of things and that could not do anything for me. You know, I was just like, when the door is closed, honey, I'm with David Bowie, so you need to shut up. You know, and uh, he looked you know, like Bowie when he was, like younger. When he was yeah. younger. Kind of looks like, you know, like the soccer, the soccer dad right now. But <laughs> he's my soccer dad. Um, but um, you, you grow, you grow, you, you evolve. I read someplace where 
when you're together for a long time, you start looking alike. And David and I would always laugh at that because he's as white as I am black. Mm -hmm. And we would just laugh at that. We're like, Jesus, we're never going to look alike. People will never be able to prove to people how long we've been together. What we have been able to prove to everybody is that you don't really look alike as you've spent a lot of time. You just become alike. Mm -hmm. There's just things that just make sense. Like we're just, we're this, we're, we're the gloves, you know, um, he's a, great man i i i think that every single day i look at david i say i won the lottery over and over again uh there is a man in my house every day that says to me and says to his daughters hello beautiful and it's not about what you look like what mm -hmm. shade of lipstick you wear mm -hmm. like he sees through your heart that's who I want in my life. Mm -hmm. That's who I want to build a life with. That's who I've built a life with. Mm -hmm. That's who is there when I'm sick. That's who took everything over when our house burnt down and says, mm -hmm. hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to rebuild this house for you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a better house. It's going to be the mm -hmm. house you want. Mm -hmm. And this is the man who, you know, when there was and continued to be a rash of killings of black men, felt it the way a black man would feel it mm. he has a black son mm -hmm. we sat and we he cried like this better never be our son mm -hmm. what do we do to protect our son mm -hmm. our son is married lives with his wife and his child and this man worries about him because we taught our son to question authority to live in your skin mm. it's a good man it's a good man a good dad He's a better mom than I am. Mm. He's a better mom than I am. He's so good with his girls. And he <laughs> afforded me a life of travel mm -hmm. and said, I'm going to work from home. I'll be at the ballet practice while you're in Tokyo with Destiny's Child. Hey. You know, I'll be there. Now, the one thing a white man doesn't know how to do is comb some black girl's hair. <laughs> so we had a couple of dreadlocks a couple of times when I came back from, you know, from the trip. But um, you grow. You grow. You grow in a relationship. And the ingredients that nobody talked to you about is just the respect. Elaine says she had to learn about unconditional love by first having conditions on her love. I think my mom is very committed to my dad. Yeah. You know, through things that I'm like, why would you why would you stay? Like, I would have been gone, you know? But they're so happy in their later years. But I think I have struggled to recognize if that's like a success or not. Like, do I, I don't know if I want, I don't know. I don't know if commit, blind commitment is my goal in marriage. And so I had a lot of mental hurdles to jump over to even officially declare that I want to get married because I'm like but I want to what is unconditional love like I want to decide if I don't want to be in this anymore if I'm no longer happy I want to be able to opt out as selfish as that sounds as like millennial as that sounds I that's where I was and I remember at some point in our relationship I was like very much like don't propose Jonathan like don't propose wow. you know and he was like he, and I remember we had a conversation and it's going to sound so silly. I'm going to make my son self sound so like, like immature, but this was a few years ago. And, and I remember he was like, Elaine, if you, if I truly, I love you enough that if I truly believed 
that I could not make you happy anymore. I would love you enough to let you go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, we basically agreed that divorce is on the table. And when he and when he said that, when he confirmed that, I was like, yeah, yeah, this that's weight lifted. I was like, yes. that's the sweetest thing you ever said to me. Yeah. We can get divorced. And, then, <laughs> and weirdly, it made me want to marry him more. Of course it did, because then, then it wasn't a shadow to the relationship. Exactly. It's like we don't have to like live a lie. We're not like walking on on this egg, on eggshells. Mm. But then the crazy the evolution mm. is. Mm. Then I wanted to marry him, and now that we're engaged. I'm understanding like life is God is revealing to me what unconditional love really is and, and how it? beautiful it is to aspire to that. And actually like opting out is not a thing I want on the table. It's not mm. a thing I want on the table yeah. anymore. Yeah. But he loved me in my immature phase enough to bring me through, like to just know that I'm going to grow into this and trusting that I would grow into this yeah. without letting his ego get so bruised. In the process, you know, he you just were a always, tough cookie. I was, she was a tough cookie, but he always had this higher, <laughs> he always saw the woman I was going to become. Yes. God and bless he him. believed in that. How the and hell isn't he on the couch? I, he, should should have him. I love it. he should I love be it. here. This is, yeah, but, but, but no, man, it's, perfect. it's so great to talk about success holistically. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for this. I thought we were going to talk about career stuff. Yeah. I was all prepared to talk about that, but how beautiful is it to talk about it in an integrated way? Because it is integrated. It is one. I believe everything is spiritual. So you can't do something in the dark over here that isn't right for your spirit and expect success over here. Yeah. You know, mm. yeah. like it's all connected. All right, folks, in part two, we talk more about spirituality as a path to a wildly successful and fulfilling career. My thanks to Elaine Welteroth and Yvette Noel Shore. If you want more information on where to donate to Beyonce's Be Good Foundation and the Water Initiative in Burundi, please visit jakesasseville.com. Thanks for listening to the show, y'all. If you liked it, leave a rating and review. More important than that, share it with a friend that you think it would touch. I'm at Jake Sasseville on all the socials. This episode was produced by Jake Sasseville, me, Amy Loader for Profoundly Human Labs, assisted by Julia Schwintor, director of photography on the video, Temi Tikosi, post-production handled by Christopher Matram at the Matram Media Group in Perth, Australia. JakeSasseville.com for more info, YouTube keyword Jake Sasseville for behind-the-scenes video content from our time in London and New York City. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Yeah.